1: Welcome to 3 Yards Per Carry, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon.
2: And we're on, and welcome to another edition of 3 Yards Per Carry. This is our draft series, and today we're talking quarterbacks with Chris Kaufman. But first, this show is always brought to you by Picks. Use promo code 5FIVE, F-I-V-E, and you get a match bonus up to $100. One-time rollover, which means if you deposit $100, they give you $100. You bet it through one time, and you get it. That's it. It's as simple as that. It's like having a free $100. In fact, it's exactly like a free $100. Take it. Promo code F-I-V-E. We were talking about, uh, well, before we got on the air, Chris, about this uh, documentary that they had on on NFL Network. About the guy that stole Tom Brady's jersey from that game where he they came back on the Atlanta Falcons, that game
3: being being the Super Bowl.
2: Yes.
3: (laughs) So it's That, that one game that they played that one time.
2: Yeah. What's funny is that they the they showed the police report that Tom Brady and the team filed, and it says shirt, blouse, garment. And where the police ask you to put a value on it, Brady just put 500,000. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You know, and, and I would think so. Okay. The, the jersey had grass stains on it, it had a small tear in a corner. It was perfectly tailored to Tom Brady because mm-hmm. he said, he says that uh, most jerseys, they're a little too long. Some players like them long because they like to tuck them in. He says he doesn't like to tuck in his jersey. So he wants it cut at exactly the belt line, right? And then he wants his uh, his uh, sleeves tapered, so so it can't be grabbed from the outside. So he wants it tight on the outside and loose on the inside, so defensive ends can't grab him by the shoulders. So, yeah. you know, it's it's really interesting how they found the how they found the guy. Uh, he was credentialed, and obviously they just went through the videotape and they just kept looking. Like who's the most suspicious guy here? The guy actually took a selfie with Tom Brady before he stole his jersey. <laughs>
3: That guy's got some, my guy's, he's got some, uh, moxie, some, some cojones.
2: <laughs> and then you were telling me about the time that Vladimir Putin took to Bob Kraft's ring. I've heard that story too.
3: Yeah, that's, um, that, I mean, I just, you know, there's something really weird about that. If you think about it,
0: <laughs> like, yes,
3: like, like who, who, who gets their ring stolen by Vladimir Putin? Who gets their Super Bowl ring stolen by Vladimir Putin? Like that's how do you even get in that situation?
2: It's it's obviously a huge misunderstanding, okay? Because the the way it works, I'm pretty sure is uh, you know, we look at Vladimir Putin as you know just a a dictator, uh, you know, uh, you know, king of the oligarchs.
3: But, yeah, well. Okay.
2: Kind yeah, <laughs> But is, but it, you know, in the end, deep down inside, he's just like one of these guys with way too much money. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. so he would obvious. He obviously thought and that Bob Kraft was giving him a diamond ring, and he's like, "Oh, this is nice." <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean?
3: Yeah. Yeah, you know, no, I was at a. I, I was still, a, I, still yeah. I still have trouble with this, but yeah, I mean, I, I know what happened. I just, I still have trouble with it.
2: You, you think that that's what? or You think he was gangster enough this, to say, "I'm just going to steal life? it from how, him"?
3: How is this real life? That's what I. That's what I am left wondering.
2: I was at a meeting once where a project, a very large project, needing a hundred million dollars in financing, was getting the financing, and as a gift to the broker was a big giant green box and inside of it was a rolex daytona that was worth about forty thousand dollars wow and i saw that and i was like holy shit you know and then i realized that watch is worth forty thousand his commission is like 1.2 million (laughs) 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 you know what i mean like you know it's, it's just a gesture but you know rich people tend to do stupid things like this you know what i mean I, I really do believe. I don't think it was. Uh, it was. I know this is going to sound weird. Uh, you know me, the the Vladimir Putin apologist. Okay, but I really do believe he thought that was a gift from Bob Kraft. And to be honest with you, I'm rooting for Putin there. You're. You're in a choice between the New England Patriots
3: owner and Vladimir Putin. You choose Putin.
2: <laughs> yes.
3: Wow. That is some. That is some strong hatred for the division rival. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we're gonna talk football here. Um, I just did we just did a first draft show. Me uh Simon and I, we did running backs and yeah. we solved the position for the next 10 years. Well, good. Uh we're we're kind of it if you want if you want to give yeah. us a, a brief spiel before we get into quarterbacks, which should not be a consideration for the Miami Dolphins, but you never know. You never know with that pick 51, you never know what happens or with later picks. But if you want to give your spiel on on running backs, we came away kind of um enamored with Tank Bigsby. And we kind of like the fit. Your thoughts?
3: Um well I think that you know, my probably my favorite, you know, fit and and lower round guy, you know, that's within our that'll be somewhere within our reach um, is is probably actually Ty a Ty G. Spears. Mm-hmm. From uh, from uh, Tulane, I, mean, I think that that I think that the the playing speed that he plays with is just is just off the charts. And um, I I noticed that you know at the Senior Bowl, I, I'm watching these pra- I've I've seen a lot of All Star practices. I've been to a lot of All Star practices. Um, the no I mean, run plays in those in those full eleven on elevens. You know, they're, they generally go nowhere, right? I mean, the, the, the running back, I mean, the running back will keep running it out, but they get tagged. You know, they're, they're, it's, it's, it's not a well developed, it's not very well developed run blocking and offense and in, in those uh, all star settings. Um, and I'm watching, I'm watching um, Tai G Spears play at the Senior Bowl and he's doing these 11 on 11s and he's like taking it to the house and he's not been touched you know like like mm. like this is this is 11 on 11 all-star games this is not supposed to happen and and like the, you have guys that want to pretend like they touched him you know or pretend like they had him you know maybe if this were flag football they might have gotten one of his flags maybe but they certainly wouldn't have tackled him and and he's just you know it's just like it's just it just keeps housing it you know he's just a house call over and over again but that's how explosive he is that's how that's how explosive and um and uh, his playing speed how fast he is how how fast his acceleration is i think that play speed will uh will really appeal to the dolphins to particularly mike mcdaniel who's trying to build like a speed-based offense um i know that people don't think that the 49ers you know, had a speed-based offense um, back back when you know under Kyle Shanahan and Mike Mike McDaniel and such. But um, but actually, they did. I mean, it's it's a functional speed offense. It's um it's a you know a focus on getting up to speed. Everybody, you know, offensive linemen, you know, get on the run, get on the run, and um and get into the space and and use your speed. And we want to just be functionally fast. That's what Raheem Mostert is all about. I think Jeff Wilson's got good functional speed, um, and so you know, I think that anytime I see very good functional speed um, in in the uh, in a running back, then I it, it you know gets my attention, and um, and that's why I think uh, Ty J Spears and you know there was a good there was a good. Um, Bit of data put together by um, by a guy who I think works works for PFF or something, um, and he uh, he he put up a like sort of a dot a dot plot graph of uh, different runners, and out on one axis you know the the yards per carry on plays that are perfectly blocked and the yards per carries on plays that are not perfectly blocked, and um, and Taiji Spears like leads them both. Yeah. yeah. Um. You know, and, and I I don't think that's a coincidence. I mean, he's got some of the he some of the highlight runs that I've seen that I've seen. Um. Of his. you know, I just sit down and watch a game, and then he does something. I'm like, holy, what did he just do? Some of those mm. plays are like the best plays that I've seen in years. I mean, it's it's just just kind of unbelievable. Um. So yeah, that's that's the guy that I'd be kind of in the tank for. Uh. But you know, that's otherwise, you know. Whoever I, I trust, I trust Mike McDaniel. He's gonna he's gonna look for the guys that have the traits that he's looking for, and um, and and we'll see we'll see how that goes.
2: Yeah, I've been digging into that the next gen stats thing, and man, uh, I'm, I kind of like this. I kind of like what they attempted to do because I didn't understand it a lot of the times that I was looking at. I was just looking at okay, you're giving scores to certain things, but I don't understand how you're arriving at these scores. They're just it's, it's one giant formula. They're taking everything into account and trying to uh, arrive at a single number to give a prospect rating to every prospect. Now, B.J. Robinson is one of the high, highest-rated running backs in the history of next-gen stats, and it's one of the highest-rated on on the draft tracker by Lance Zerline since he started doing this thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Saquon Barkley is the only one who comes close. Do you know who's second?
3: uh no I haven't seen it um uh, I'm I i have not seen their top 30. I'm, you know I look I'm looking for it but I haven't seen it
2: Taji Spears oh
3: is he <laughs> yes
2: <laughs> so oh. he so when they did their formulation for next gen stats he's the number two guy and he is and by the way with these ratings they say where he's worthy of being drafted uh they say he's worthy of being drafted at fifty one would you take him at fifty one
3: I mean Impossible question to answer without knowing what else the Dolphins need, what else they could do. Um, He is worthy of that pick. And that's the best that I can say Uh, that there, but there, there may be other guys that are also worthy at that pick. And we may have to make sort of a choice about, you know, uh, who's, who's a good, who's a really good player. Uh, who are these really good players that are all, you know, available, but, but okay. Now, which one do we really need? You know, and, and, and so there'd be absolutely a place for Ty G Spears here. Um, but, you know, I think that, you know, as well as our listeners know that we've been sort of driving ourselves crazy about this right tackle position yes. <laughs> and uh. left guard. I, you know, don't leave that out. Um, and, and, frankly well on tight end as well you know the we lost we lost not one but two tight ends um we lost mike kisicki and uh, he's been sort of somewhat replaced with eric sobert um but we also lost hunter long you know we traded him away and um and that and then there's the uh the other guy um uh the tight end uh who Ended up not playing this year uh, because he was injured. Uh, what's his name?
2: And Shaheen.
3: Yeah, Shaheen, and you know I don't think he's coming back either. Um, so you know I think that uh, I think that there's something to be said for day two fifty-one. If you have not done anything at right tackle yet,
0: <laughs> you've
3: got to start looking. You know you you've got to start you've got to start seeing whether. Um, whether you can use picks to trade up, like package a second rounder with, you know, the 51 pick with next year's second rounder to move up and get a guy at right tackle that you think just nails down the position. Now, are you going to get a Darnell right? Probably not. Um, might you get, might you be able to pick up, uh, Anton Harrison of Oklahoma or, um, or uh Dewan Jones from I don't know if it's Dewan or or Devan. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, uh, Jones from Ohio State, who's a massive dude, uh, and will probably, you know it, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he if he doesn't miss a start for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that because because not not only in terms of not only in terms of just the ability to play in the NFL, but also I mean, like it's it's, it's just it's some, something about it's like hard to even imagine him getting getting hurt that much
2: <laughs> you know what i mean yeah.
3: like you know, maybe that's just maybe that's just a, a a perception thing because of how damn big he is but um but yeah so uh you know if you can trade up and get uh, darnell right by some miracle then you have to look into that if you can uh, trade up or um, or pick up, uh, you know Anton Harrison or uh, Dewan Jones, you got to look into that as well. Um, and I think that, you know, we've been driving ourselves nuts about this position because you can't have you can't have in a year where in a year where you're really you know kind of iffy about what what to his health is going to be, mm-hmm. you know whether he's going to stay concussion free, you know play the whole year. Lead us through the playoffs, stuff like that. How are you going to start taking chances with the guy protecting his blind side? And that's what they're doing. They are taking massive chances as of right now. So you know, yeah, even a Taiji Spears, as much as I like him at number fifty-one, a fifty-one, we got to keep Tua healthy. Yeah, Nick
2: McDaniel at the owners' meetings, uh, like he laid it on the line. He kind of he kind of hinted at. What the expectations are like he said, look, you know, making the playoffs was was kind of cool, but we're over that, you know? Yeah. And, you know, we're talking about AFC championships. And I do like his point about playing in a tougher division, you know, stealing you that for, you know, stealing you for the playoffs because you did play in that tough division. You didn't have cupcakes. And this is this is like because you know, everybody looks at the schedule and like, man, I want to play a pile of cupcakes to get a bunch of wins. Yeah, sure. That's nice. OK, you get a pile of wins, and then you get into the playoffs, and then it's a culture shock when you face a good team. You know what I mean? I don't get that. In and, and college, you see it all the time in college. You see it in the high school level where coaches can control their schedules. They try to schedule a tough schedule with real opponents, with good opponents, because it's only going to make you better down the road. And I, and I agree with Mike McDaniel there, but, man, if, if that's really the, the goals this year, Man, they gotta get going on that right tackle position, man. Well, you know? I mean,
3: but but it's it's because of I mean, consider this. Take quarterback aside for a second, you know, the that whole right tackle quarterback angle. Um the Dolphins had by far you know, pretty pretty good head and shoulders if you look at the draft or the graph of it. The most injuries in the NFL last year. Yep. By a good amount. You know, it was it's uh, you know I'm not going to say it's not even close but I mean if you the 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 next best team or the next worst team for injuries um still did significantly better they had I think it was nearly five times more reported injuries than um than the air uh than the Atlanta Falcons yeah. you know they were they were the least injured the Atlanta Falcons were the least injured team in the in the NFL and, and the Dolphins had five times more injuries, which is staggering, a staggering variance um, across the league, but also really concerning. Because what's the first thing that, you know, uh, as as good of, as Bill Parcells is at, at getting teams, you know, building teams to win, um, you know, the first thing he did, the first thing he generally does is he steps into the locker room and he's got this massive, ta- you know, table full of medical medical uh, papers and files, and you know, symbolically throws them in the trash. He's like, "This isn't happening anymore,"
2: mm-hmm.
3: you know. And, yeah. and and that's and that's it. And that's and he builds his team accordingly. And if we're looking at, you know, one thing that that is a concern, and, and we sort of it's it's sort of like the debates that we have with Chris Greer about Chris Greer as the GM. Is, you know, yeah, we've got a lot of flash right now on this team. And if you look at us on paper, we're like, you know, yeah, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're great. We should be competing. We should actually be one of the elite teams in the NFL from a pure talent standpoint. One of probably three teams in the NFL from an elite, uh, uh, you know, from a pure talent standpoint. But we went nine and nine last year. And you know, what's the, okay, what's missing here? You know, we went 9-9 nine nine last year. We went 9-8 and eight the year before. But supposedly Chris Greer is a phenomenal GM that's put together all this talent, you know, and all this stuff. And it's like, well, wait a minute. You know, what's missing here? And I, I think that if they're not careful, the thing that's just always going to come up and bite you, uh, no matter how talented the roster looks, you know, looks, is injuries. And um, and so, you know, you have an opportunity at, at right tackle to not only take a guy that you hope is not going to be injured himself, because it's bad enough that Teron Armstead only averages about 10 or 11 games a year, right? Um, but also a guy that can help keep someone else that's really important not injured. And uh, and that's I I think I think the Dolphins definitely need to do some work on on that front there because they're they didn't they didn't work in the offseason to get themselves less injury prone.
2: Yeah, no, no, (laughs) that's
3: if they if they're the most injured team in the NFL next year, they're not going to they're not going to win the Super Bowl. I don't care. I don't care whether Tua stayed healthy for 17, 18, 19 games. They're not going to win the Super Bowl if they're the most injured team in the league.
2: Absolutely. And, although you know, the, the quarterback's at least working on that, you
3: know. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I mean, well, you know, it's great. But it's it's like, you know, as critical as it seems to, to make sure that he stays healthy so that we don't have that playoff exit, uh, they're trusting that entire effort to him taking some jiu-jitsu classes. And it's like you know yeah that's great take some jiu-jitsu classes but it's like that ain't it <laughs> that's, yeah and, that's
2: and that eventually be, and that's not
3: gonna be the thing
2: no it, it'll it'll eventually be the thing like three years from now if he continues on with it you know what i mean if he becomes obsessed with jiu-jitsu you know
3: and you got more jesse davis uh blocking blocking his blind side and then he's got multiple rib fractures uh and you know and and so, you know, good luck there. Uh, and everybody says, you know, oh, well, the injuries that he took, the, this injury or that injury, he he held on the ball too long. He was trying to make something happen. And it's like, oh, yeah, because no other quarterback in the NFL tries to make something happen with a little extra time. That That doesn't happen anywhere. Tua has one of the quickest triggers in the NFL. And we're going to criticize this. We're gonna criticize that he holds the ball too long and that's why he gets hurt.
2: Hmm.
3: You know what? He gets hurt because he gets hurt. I can't tell you why. I can't tell you what the, you know, what the underlying factor is. He gets hurt, he gets hurt. That's that's the way it is. But here are things that we can do, discrete steps that we can take to try and prevent that in the future. And uh and it gets maddening when that's not happening. But um, but yeah, so um, you know, back that. Hence, hence we're talking about the quarterback position today, <laughs> and they, <laughs> they might be forced to, to get a quarterback because I can't believe I'm saying this, but three may not be enough.
0: <laughs> yeah. We have
3: three. We have Tua Tagovailoa, Mike White, who got blasted so bad. I'm surprised he didn't die at the hospital. <laughs> um, and and we've got uh, Skylar Thompson who took injuries himself last year
2: oddly enough matt milano got huge hits on all three guys last year that that guy that first of all he gave to a that back spasm but it, it you know it, it got the the ball rolling on all this shit yeah right, right. Yeah. <laughs> okay he almost murdered mike white and then he hit hits he, the- I mean,
3: he went to the hospital after that game yes He He steps straight from the field, like trying to win the game on final throws and stuff like that. Final drive straight into an ambulance. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that was a, a very bad trip. Uh, all right, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll, we as promised, we will talk these quarterbacks. But first, these words. Do you have a water leak and can't find words coming from? Are you dealing with water or mold damage in your home or business? Then call Water Cleanup of Florida at 954-579-0356 for immediate assistance. With over 60 years of combined experience, Michael Robert and their team is prepared to handle all types of leak detection issues. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. After the leak has been located and repaired, Water Cleanup of Florida will then clean, dry, and fully restore the damaged areas. Water Cleanup of Florida is fully licensed, insured, and certified to provide the one-stop shopping that busy homeowners and business owners require. There is no need to bring in other contractors. They will handle the entire project from start to finish. Service areas include Miami, Broward, and Palm Beach counties. Call Michael anytime on his personal cell phone at 954-579-0356. That's 954 954- Five seven nine zero three five six, or visit their website at wcufl.com. Water cleanup of Florida. If you have the schmutz, they have the guts. I'm Jalen Phillips, and you're listening to Three Yards Per Carry. All and right, we're back. Chris, there was a time where a quarterback like Bryce Young was just not talked about and wouldn't be rated and would not be drafted. And if he would be drafted, he'd be drafted either late or be sent to to the Canadian Football League like Doug Flutie. Doug Flutie uh-huh. is a perfect example. First of all, Doug Flutie was about the same size, right? Am I right with this? He's no, you're like,
3: you're not. What did you say? 5'10", five nine?
2: Five nine, five Doug Flutie. Because I don't think Bryce Young is uh,
3: is five nine. Um, he's five ten. Yeah, Doug Flutie. Doug Flutie is indeed like he's five foot nine. Like he is. He's not just short. He's like short, short.
0: <laughs>
2: uh, they got him listed on Pro Football Reference at five ten, but that's bullshit. Complete
3: <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> Absolute bolt. He would admit that he would admit that himself all day long. I think it's right. is, is not five ten.
2: Well, Doug Flea was one of the best. He was as good. Remember, it was a different era. He was as good as Bryce Young was at Boston College. He won the Heisman I mean, was, at Boston a College. Different
3: era, different era. But yeah, he was he was he was
2: masterful. Okay, and you know he goes to the Canadian Football League, rewrites records over there, wins championships over there, has to then come back to the NFL and has. A Success, you know, you got to call it a successful career. He had a couple of he nice, did. you know, he made a couple of pro bowls, had a couple of nice seasons in Buffalo, but it's and, and
3: yet, and yet he was so short relative. I mean, because we think of like, oh, two is a short quarterback, Drew Brees is a short quarterback. Both of them are six foot over, yeah. Both of them are like, oh, they're short, two is taller than me, you know, like. <laughs> Like they're both six foot, six foot between six and six and a half without shoes on. And with shoes, they're probably more like, you know, six one. Um, five nine is a little bit different than that. And watching Flutie play, that man was doing that man had to do jump passes all the time.
2: <laughs> yeah, but he, good, literally but he, he literally did. He literally did. He was he so good. He would jump
3: in the air, he would jump in the air like this is NFL Blitz 2000. And jump in the air and throw the ball. It's crazy.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, will
3: will Bryce Young have to be doing the same thing? It's five ten.
2: And and that was, and he measured out at five ten exactly, or a little taller than that.
3: Um, I don't know. The NFL, the the combine official combine website just says five ten. They don't do the eighths thing. I don't know why. so you know, I, I don't know. Um, I, I can try and look it up.
2: And I think they do this with every single short quarterback, but Lance Zierlein says his NFL comparison is Drew Brees. Are everybody who's short is Drew Brees now? <laughs> yeah, I mean that's I
3: I I know why he's comparing comparing him to Drew Brees. It's what it is. It's not that it's not just that that everybody's Drew Brees. It's that there aren't that many to choose from. <laughs> yeah, that are that you know size. I mean? like, yes. at some point, at some point, you get from you, you get to okay. Is he Drew Brees or Russell Wilson? I mean, that's that's <laughs> that's all that's all our only choice. Yeah, or maybe you know, if you or you could he, be you know, really really
2: creative and say Joe Montana because Montana yeah. was about six feet. You know,
3: well, right, and um, but I mean, like, yeah, that's true. Uh, you could say you could say Joe Montana. Um, you could say, well, you could say Doug Flutie. Why not? I mean, he's, so Bryce Young is 5'10 and one eighth. That is, that is shorter than Russell Wilson, as I recall. Ru, as I recall, Russell Wilson was, uh, was 5'10 and a half. Um, so.
2: Joe Montana, 6'2, 195 pounds.
3: Listed 6'2. He ain't
2: 6'2. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> um, I do believe the 195 pounds because he was a waif. He was like, there was nothing yeah. there. <laughs> Like like Russell
3: Wilson, as short as Russell Wilson is, he is half an inch taller than um than than what's his name than uh, Bryce Young. Yeah. Um. Now Kyler Murray is a short. You know he he's a short king. <laughs> <laughs> um. He is he is actually he is the exact same height as Kyler Murray Bryce Young is.
2: But he doesn't the have those attributes though.
3: No, no, he doesn't. And the difference between Bryce Young and and uh, and Kyler Murray is that while I don't know by what dark magic and wizardry Bryce Young showed up at the combine and weighed two hundred and four pounds,
2: uh-huh.
3: <laughs> but the 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 sheer the sheer size of the shit that that man must have took the next day must have been staggering because you know like like, forgive my french um but because there's no he does not play at 204 pounds i i i I love this picture there's a picture of he and mina kimes next to one another
2: uh yeah that's like
3: and, and mina keeps like defending she's like i was in high heels like i was in like you know she's She's in these high stilettos but they're like the same height but but more than that and I I I said something I, I think I tweeted something at her about this too and, um and it's like yeah but forget the height y'all look like you have the same build <laughs> you know <laughs> and she's a tiny little thing so I mean like you know uh the Bryce young yeah e- <laughs> that gives me, that does give me the Willies. Um, that, that absolutely does. Cause, yeah. you know, Matt Coral, Matt Coral can't, couldn't stay healthy. He was kind of, he was too, he was too slight, um, especially relative to his playing style. He's on the trade block now. Um, you know, I, I would be, I'd be really, really nervous to take Bruce and Bryce Young. I'm going to be honest. Really nervous. I would also be nervous to take Anthony Richardson. So I, I, I kind of think that they're both, you Know the nerves,
2: yeah, that and that's an interesting thing, right? Like this draft at the top for quarterbacks, man, it's a rough one to evaluate. And I could see where you're gonna go, where you're gonna go, yeah, you know. Uh, but you know, man, the more I look at it, okay, and we're gonna get into this guy a little bit, the more I look at it, man, and good god, I might be wrong. And to be honest with you, my only red flag is the school he went to. But man, CJ Stroud looks better and better to me by the day. Yeah, and I'm I'm prepared to buy that ticket for him to be first overall. Uh, do you think I'm crazy to buy that ticket? I think he's at plus three eighty to be first overall to the Panthers. Well, f-
3: first off, if you if you saw the videos that um, that that uh, what's his name did um, before. Getting hired by the Panthers as their quarterbacks coach, Josh McCown. Yeah, if you saw the videos that he did, um, then you would you would be not. I mean, there's a reason that C.J. Stroud immediately went to the high, uh, to the um, to the chalk favorite to yes. go number one so uh you know that that alone i think is a big factor in this i think that uh cj or i think that um josh mccown is going to have a strong voice in there uh and and so yeah that's um cj's and that that's my that's my penciled in guy for number one overall
2: mm, and um, i like man i like what i see especially his workouts man like mechanics are are, are tight the accuracy is 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 eye popping, and his play, eye-popping. and his i and, and and his play down the stretch was fine, man. His his playoff game was great, as compared yeah. to other high draft picks like Kyler Murray, who who wasn't who who basically got outshined by Tua Tungavaloa. <laughs> Let's yeah. face it, all right. But you know, you know Baker Mayfield is another guy who who didn't have a great playoff uh he had a great uh championship game big 12 championship game but he, was, he wasn't very good in the playoff cj so was yeah. the opposite he was a gamer like he was he was dragging that team across the finish line uh, yeah. i came away impressed with him and i think he's qb1 in this in this draft uh do you have a different qb1 i i think you do but he's mine well, For now he's mine
3: i have kind of a I'll, I'll be honest. I have kind of a, I have come to appreciate CJ Stroud more and more. Um, and I think that, uh, I think, you know, some of the things that I, that I had against him, uh, he's showing, he's showing movement on them, you know, like he's showing, he's showing trend and that's, um, that's powerful, you know, direction show, showing directionality is, is pretty powerful for a prospect. um, And I think, you know, especially one who is already very accomplished and he is very accomplished. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that, listen, if if you want to be a a great quarterback at the next level, um, at the risk of oversimplifying it, uh, you have to be that dude in some way. Right. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: You know, you have to be that guy. You got to be him. You know, Uh, if you want to at that position probably more than than others. Uh you know, think of, think about what what a Patrick Mahomes shows you on game days. You know, think about what a uh a Josh Allen shows you on game days. Um they don't all have to look like that or play like that, but there there has to be something, you know, think of think of what Dan Marino used to show us when he played, right? Like he was that dude in the way that he threw the football, right? And uh I think that there is that in C.J. Stroud. You know, it's it, the more you look at his game. At first, I'm like, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little iffy on the translation of the um, of his of his tendencies and and what he's learned to a pro style offense, particularly Miami's style. Um, but then you start looking at it more, and and you see that uh, you see by the end there in the playoffs, he was never better. Um, and you know, he showed that he can make plays with his legs and, uh, and that he is an athlete and he can do things. Um, and he showed most of all that, that he, he is capable of looking like he's, he's just executing long handoffs, you know, 40 yard handoffs, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I don't think anybody else in this draft spins the ball and places it like he does as consistently as he does. I mean, you, you couldn't if if you drop the ball, it's like what what else does he need to do? Come up and just shove it in your pocket? You know, <laughs> yeah. because that's 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 kind of what he does in, in his delivery of the football. And um and it's it's special. It is it is absolutely special uh the the consistent accuracy that he has. You know, and that's where I would be like, you know, if anybody's going to compare to Drew Brees, actually, it it you're going to take you're going to compare you got to compare the guy that has consistent, replicable, almost unerring accuracy to Drew Brees. You know, that's 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 who you'd want to compare that to. Um, and man, can he? I mean, he's just he's special. He's special with uh with how he throws the ball. And the more I looked at it, the more I realized it It was like, wow, you know, that's he can be that guy. You can imagine it. You can kind of like imagine it in your head. You're you're watching him on Sunday and you're like, this motherfucker don't miss.
0: <laughs> yes.
3: <laughs> you know, and and that's I think that's what he can be. I think that's what he can be. So I, I don't I don't blame you at all for having number one uh, QB one. I, I think it's a QB one and one uh, one A and one B personally because I think that Will Levis has a future and I think that he is making going to make progress and in some ways he might even have better surroundings in the NFL than he did in Kentucky um but yeah I think that uh CJ Stroud that's that's real that's a real that's the real deal right there
2: yeah and on CJ Stroud man I dug up my 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 quarterback criteria my my 10 my 10 commandments for quarterbacks I dug it up because I have it written down somewhere in my notes and I haven't, I haven't even looked at it since, you know, since we drafted Tua Tungavaloa. but I'm looking at this QB criteria list, right. That I have. And here are the 10 things. And if you look at CJ Stroud, you could, you, you could play along at home. All right. Success in high school and college stat wise. Uh, he was a top 50 recruit. He was a five-star recruit. Uh, you know, forget it. Okay. <laughs> he has that one championships in high school and in college, at least regional titles and conference titles. He has both. He has a, uh, he doesn't have a national title, but he does have a conference title. Um, so that's in there high NFL average or better six, two or better. Uh, he's six, three weight NFL average or better. He's 214 pounds. The NFL average is 210 pounds arm strength perceived to be at least average or better. I, I, he's there, okay? He's there. High school in these regions, California, Texas, the Southeast, Ohio, or Pennsylvania area. He's from California. So that's six for six so far, okay? No major injuries in college. No concussion history whatsoever. That's pretty clean, right? That's seven. Uh, multiple seasons of above league average completion percentage of 62% or better. That's changed because the average has gone up in, in college. This That number is from 2016, so that 62% is probably 65% right now. And at least a a 2.5 to 1 TD to interception ratio in college check all across the board. Uh, Team captain in college, that's 9 for 9 awards at both levels, high school and college. All-conference, player of the weeks. Was he a Heisman candidate? Check, 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 and check. This motherfucker scores 10 for 10.
3: And he's uh and he's 21 years old
2: <laughs> yes so man I, this guy snuck up on us huh
3: yeah he snuck up on a, a and frankly you know when you when you watch him in a lot of these games um and some of these some of these games let's just say uh you kind of walk away thinking he's one kind of guy and then that's that's where I think he um he really made some headway for himself in the uh in the playoffs as he showed he showed more than that you know. Uh, the the situation the um the moment got bigger and he got bigger too and I I think that that's um that's really that's a very powerful story for NFL uh teams and and that you know he is going to be number one overall I'm convinced of it um and I'm also kind of convinced that he's you know he's worth that he's 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 worthy of being taken there I haven't always been so but um but I am. You know?
2: Yeah, my only red flag is Ohio State. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, Ohio State. Yeah, yeah. Until you see it happen, you know what I mean. It, it, yeah, right, right. There's, well, there's you know, still... Joe
3: Burrow was at Ohio State's too. So.
2: That's true. That's true. So, so maybe he qualifies. Yeah, yeah right.
3: So, uh-huh. but I think that CJ CJ Stroud, he's worth it. He's worth. He, he's a. He's a great. He's a great passer. Great quarterback. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure what the hole in the story is to be honest anymore. Like I try to find it, and I'm not sure anymore. I'm not sure what it is anymore.
2: Yeah, um, I, I I don't see it. I just I just don't see it. I don't, I don't see it. Yeah, uh, I mean, I,
3: I see the holes. I see the holes, and you know, if if pretend this is all written, this has already all happened, right? Um, Anthony Richardson is a flames out. He flames out. Mm. Um, use your imagination and write and write write the article on on how that happened well you could probably do that right now
2: yeah you, know, Inac- you could probably,
3: you could probably write, the, write the obit you could probably write the obit well in advance right
2: yeah yeah he was inaccurate he fell in with the wrong with the wrong qb coach and offensive coordinator couldn't pick up the system yep turned it over a bunch then became unplayable in year three you know yeah. it's it's as simple as that yeah
3: and, and if and and even even Bryce young as good as and and he is good I love watching him
2: right mm-hmm. um if he fails
3: write the write the obit Could you could you have written the ob the obituary beforehand
2: yeah yeah it's his his size or he, he got injured or he has issues throwing you know getting balls batted down at the line or who knows but yeah. you could see it you could see how it could go tits up on him
3: yeah, you, you can see it, or it just like he's unable to use the shallow middle because he's because he's too short. Um, you know, there's a lot of struggles that 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 Russell Wilson had this year in Denver that kind of exposed, you know, what they were things that they were doing in in Seattle to to make that work, and um, and and you know, Denver clearly didn't have the hang of it. Um, and that's hence they've got new coaching, but, um, but I, I think that, yeah, you could, you could probably write that in advance. If CJ Stroud doesn't make it, I'm having trouble figuring out what to write.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh.
3: like, I, I'm like, well, you tell me what the hell happened. Cause I don't know what happened, you know, like mm. if he doesn't make it. Yeah. And, uh, and that, I think there's something to be said for that.
2: Now, moving on to, to your favorite, uh, who did you have like right next to him? Will Levis, right? Oh, will Levis. Will Levis of Kentucky
3: and he's not he's not popular and that's that's fine. Frankly, I I'm 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 used to I'm used to being on the wrong side of popular um with 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 some of these quarterbacks.
2: Played high school um, ball in Connecticut. Massive red flag. Big red flag there. <laughs> <laughs> now I, But I will say uh, this he exactly could a spin band. it, man. He, he's 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 fun to watch, and he's giant. You know, you're good. you you see a big giant dude just slinging that ball and throwing it accurate and throwing seeds. It's exciting, and and he is fun, and he's fun and funny. Like I don't know if you watched him at the combine, but he was putting on a comedy show every you chance know, he's, he got.
3: He's, yeah, he's he's got, and and if this is another one of those. Like I, I'm not completely befuddled trying to figure out, you know, where, what, you know, if he fails, like where, how that would have happened.
2: Well, I'll tell um, you how it would happen. Uh, Lance Zerline, who I really respect, and I know I keep bringing him up, but I bring him up because I read his reports. I trust what he says. I believe what he sees. And I love his comparisons. Whenever he does his, his book of comparisons, I love to read them to see if, if they fit with my, my preconceived notions. You want to guess, don't look it up. You want to guess who he has as as Will Levis's uh comparison?
3: I honestly I cannot guess. Um it, it better not be. It better not be what's his name. Um the the guy that was drafted from uh, by Den by the Broncos. Um what was his name again? It was, was it was it another Peyton, something or other?
2: Um A Paxton Lynch?
3: Paxton Lynch. It better not be Paxton Lynch.
2: No, it okay. is. It is a, a Denver Bronco draft either.
3: Oh, don't tell. Oh, he, he's, he's going to compare. Him. Yeah. That's that makes, that makes a little bit of sense. Um, Jay Cutler. He, oh, Jay Cutler. Oh, yes. That, that is, that is not what I was going to say. <laughs> now. <laughs> I
2: don't know if that's a good thing or not thing or not or a bad thing. <laughs> because uh, we do remember smoking jay but i remember you know jay cutler when he came into the league he was setting the house on fire he was he was a really house,
3: especially especially in the shanahan you know offense yeah so, um so
2: I yeah i mean thing. there's there's something
3: to, there's something to be said for that uh no i i thought that you were gonna um what's his name uh drew lock i thought you were gonna go for drew lock
2: no, I actually like Drew Lock, and I, I don't think the story is is it's completely written on Drew Lock. I think he has a long career as a backup yeah. quarterback. Uh, but I, I think
3: that I think that Will Levis, um, if there is anybody that at times gives me the those sort of those sort of Josh Allen willies, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, like the like the shivers, um, you know, that's Will Levis has that ability. He, he absolutely does have that ability because he, people underestimate what a, what an athlete he is actually. Um, and, and, and I think that, I think that's just basic forget forgetting, but you know, he is, he is an actually a really good athlete. He's very powerful. He's very fast. He can gain a lot of grounds gain a lot of ground with his legs, uh, make plays that way. Um, and then, you know, once he gets on the move, with the the arm and the talent that he has he can get it from anywhere to anywhere you know and um and and just throw those as you say those absolute seeds and i think that he is more talented um throwing the ball in terms of accuracy and and what he what he can do that way than uh than i think a lot of people would g- give him credit for yes so uh, yeah. um I know, I do know what the fatal flaws would be, but um, but yeah, I, I think that he's he's got a real chance. and probably most important, you know one of the most important things is he's been in a not not just a pro style, but like the Shanahan style system in college. And I don't think like I think that I think that there's there there ends up being good and bad that actually. Because, hmm. one, I don't think that's a great system to run in college. You know, I, I think that, that's, that that doesn't work out so well. It, it's it's tough to – it's. I think it's tough to teach in uh, these shorter periods. You know, you get less practice time with these kids. I think you get um, – you know, the, they cycle out. You're lucky if you get two years of starting out of these guys. Hmm. Um, you know, I don't think it's a great system to run in college. And uh, and in this case, you know, they they had a guy running the system who was accused and and fairly with good reason of um, of not having run or called the system very well, Rich Scaringello, um, this year. Uh, but we did see Will Levis in it. We saw decision making that patterns after decision making that is exact in the the sort of decision making that he's going to do in the NFL level, right? Mm. Um, exact, you know, and and we saw the structure and the way he plays the game is is just perfectly compatible. And and there's a good and bad to that. It's like good because you know, obviously, the the background and, and the um the compatibility with the NFL are there. But there's also a bad to it because when you're on when you're playing when you're in the same um when you're on the same playing field. Mm. You know, as these these pros who play in pro style, who play in pro off, like actual pros who play in pro offenses and play really well, you know, we we know what it looks like when it's when it's just you know chef's kiss, right? Yes. Um, and Will Levis is not that, nor should he be, <laughs> you know, at at this stage. Uh, and so I think that when playing in the offense that he plays and playing the style that he plays in it's a lot easier to pick, pick apart the place. You know, you, you can pick those plays, like, especially um, guys like JTO Sullivan and, and and that are really good at it. Like you can really pick it apart. Like, ah, he should have been a little bit quicker here or, you know, yeah, the pro, the the pro move here, the, the, um, you know, the pro bowler move here would have been, would have been the throwaway on this one or, you know, the, like just these, these little, these little things, a little bit more touch here or, you know, st- stuff like that. Um, but what I, th- I think you don't realize is that it's almost unfair because um, a lot of these other quarterbacks are not playing in the same game, almost, you know, the same style. And so, you know, they're you can pick them apart, but in different ways, and um, and I think that that's, I think that he's going to essentially be able to hit the ground running. You know, because they've all got to improve significantly in order to be great pros. And right?
2: what I like about him is that is how how tall he stands in the pocket. Like he plays big. Yeah. Oh, other he, other guys that are that big don't play big. They crouch or they yep. duck. Yeah or yep. you know at the first sign at the first sign of pressure they drop their head which mm-hmm. is which is essentially, you know, throw up the white flag. You drop your head in the NFL it's over, okay? Yeah. yeah the rush right. is the rush is coming in on you, but there is a play. Today somebody posted a play and I had even forgotten that Tua made this throw. But he said this was Tua's best throw of the season. And it was a bomb he threw against the Detroit Lions that Tyreek Hill dropped. It was on a deep post. And you see Tua gets the ball, the ball from, from shotgun, and he does something subtle. He steps toward the left hash and then essentially throws it down the hash and it meets Tyreek Hill 50 yards down the field in stride. He drops it. Yeah. But that reminded me of a throw Will Levis made. <laughs> I could sell to you, where he just drops back and he's in between the hashes. Does not set to throw the post, but steps into it and delivers it on the left hash. Now people will look at that and will say, "Okay, he's just throwing the deep post." No, he's not. He's throwing the deep post to the far hash. Yeah, That's right. It's an insane throw. There's like three guys in the NFL that can do that. Yep. And there'll be four now. <laughs> so, so yeah, man. He has he has such a leg up on on arm talent and arm strength. That there well, is no that, throw that they'll want, they'll call that he can't make like and anything this is, they call in the hole. is though. good for What him.
3: is what exactly? What exactly? I I know I know a pretty a pretty big uh, key uh, part of his game that is that is missing that I don't like. But um, but you know what's what's fatal here because he does have a good personality. He is a very good student. You know, um, he's a he's a very good student of the game. He has a good personality. Teammates love him. You know he's he's he has those things. If if you don't, if you're not smart and you don't have a great personality, then it puts a cap on on how much he can improve long
2: term. Right? And 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 hate it or love it. Quarterback position in in the NFL is like running for president or running for office. Like yeah, you got to be right. good with the media. Like if you're serving yeah, with you're, the media, that's sure. not going to be good. You're not going to be. You're not going to yeah. make it. You will because, not you know, make the it. Other if you're are with the other players watching
3: that too. They're not they're not just watching how you are you know quote unquote in the huddle um you know there's there's a lot of aspects of of life as a superstar quarterback that that everybody's paying attention to um and so you know I I think he's got he's got the brains he's got a he's very smart uh, supposedly he was you know blowing some people away in these interviews uh at the combine I, mm-hmm. I think he's gonna he, he and he would he's got the recall that he would, um, you know, do very well in those interviews. Uh, So he's got that going for him. So so it makes you think, okay, whatever his flaws are, whatever you can pick apart on all these throws, this one or that one, he's got a chance to improve those. Not just because he's got the personality makeup to improve it, but also because he's, I, I guess, you know, he got, like he got the study guide a little earlier than everybody else. You know, like in terms of what offense he's been playing in. um, So he's able to, he's going to be able to hit the ground running that way. And, and then, okay, size check, you know, uh, definitely size and athleticism, a plus, a plus athlete, a guy that's actually going to do things, you know, make plays. um, And then, and then it's like, well, arm, arm talent, not just arm strength, but arm talent. You know what's that like? Well, obviously that that's that's really really phenomenal for him. So, so where's this? Where's the really major hole there? Um, that that says that makes you say, well, no, I'm not going to bet on Will Levis. That's for sure. You,
2: you know, can, and you go back to just uh, history, trends, and pedigree. That's all pretty much.
3: No, I I think it's you know in the end, I would settle on. Um, I would settle on. I think it's, I think
2: it's the sacks.
3: Um, you know, I think that, I think that he takes too many sacks in general. Um, and, uh, and no, he did not have a good offensive line, (laughs) you know? Um, but even so, even without a good offensive line, uh, what is, what does this add up to? Um, like he took a lot of sacks this year. (laughs) <laughs> he's, taking, he's taking he's taking like three a game you know like and and i think that that's and he's losing a lot of yardage that that way and and those those will hamper an offense like because as good as he does perform and i think he does perform really well um he performs the position really well um i think you know those those will you're like well why your your quarterback's performing really well why do you keep going three out, <laughs> or yeah. not three and out? or why why do you keep why is why do you keep punting or, or, or kicking field goals? And I think the sacks will have a big, um, big thing, uh, big part of that. Uh, and that's, that's actually a big, uh, uh, a, a weakness of Joe Burrow's, though too. And, and so, because it's not just the, everybody just wants to play in the offensive line. It's not just the offensive line there. It's Joe Burrow too. And he did it in college. Um, and so, you know, you can be special anyway, despite this. Uh, to get you know just enough better, but that's probably the biggest thing that I would that I would uh, put on him is to say you know yeah those the sacks man uh, you know what's up with that
2: yeah now let's take two quarterback prospects together and then I think we could talk about a couple after that but Henan Hooker and Anthony Richardson Anthony Richardson we've 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 kind of talked a lot about him here he's, he's a super athlete right and everybody looks at him and you want to see cam newton but man the pedigree is nowhere near cam newton's (laughs) okay it just isn't and the play is nowhere near cam newton's and he's just a net not a natural thrower of the football now he's now can he get better yeah man but this is a guy that's gonna have to sit for a year and he's he needs camp he needs camp he needs tutelage like you know, this is not a natural thrower of the football. He doesn't, he doesn't step to throws. He doesn't make throws in the intermediate area in where you want them. He tries to power through those throws because I think he thinks that those throws have to be flamed in there. They have to be seeds and they don't necessarily have to be seeds. Okay. A lot of the better intermediate throwers are not throwing the ball really, really hard, you know, from 15 to 20 yards. They're feathering it in there. They're, they're, Throwing it on time and with anticipation, I think he has a long way to go. Uh, well, what know. do you
3: think, Mike McDaniel loves so much about Tua Tonga uh, The number one thing that he that he keeps saying about him is that he's uh, he throws the most catchable ball he's probably ever seen.
2: Yeah, and Anthony let's Richardson. You say, throws let's just say Anthony Richardson does not. <laughs> he throws bricks. <laughs> let's face it. Yeah, like it's like if you're gonna if you're gonna go and I used to do this all the time. Right. Uh, when I got out of high school, I got it in my head. Look, man, I kind of like this, uh, this stuff. I might do some, some scouting or, or whatever. I actually got offered. I, I told the story a million times. I got offered a job to scout baseball. Okay. As an assistant scout, which means I would have been hitting batting practice and carrying bags all, all over the place. Okay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> all right. So whenever you hear the term assistant scout and you're right out of high school, that's what it means. Okay. You're, you're basically a gopher. All right. And if, especially if you had, uh, like, playing experience, that's what you're going to do. Well, I used to do that. I used to help with with uh, a, a local um, recruiter. I won't name the school, but they used to bring in quarterbacks, and it was my job for a little while. I only did this for a little less than a year. It was my job to go find, like, decent high school receivers to run routes for these quarterbacks that re- they were going to bring in to recruit, okay, uh, either transfers or JUCO, JUCO guys and some of these guys just threw bricks at the end of practice I used to talk to the guys that I recruited to go out there okay we wouldn't pay them because uh, it's a, it's illegal to do that <laughs> <laughs> at least it was at the time right but the I used to talk to the guys and he used to tell me man this this kid he throws bricks or this kid you know this kid throws you know a soft ball and It's there's a difference. Certain guys you get out there and you're looking, holy shit, this kid has a there was one time we brought in a kid that was transferring from Baylor to the school, the the school that I was doing this for. And this kid threw he threw it, he could throw it through a brick wall. At the end of the practice, all my guys were like, Man, our fingers all fucked up. (laughs) Cause he was overthrowing absolutely everything. Not, you know, overheads, but I'm talking about too much power on those throws. You know, you know what I mean? It, it You know, there was no touch. And that's what Anthony Richardson strikes me as the type of guy that if we went for a workout out there and I brought out my guys to run routes for him, my guys at the end of the practice will tell me, holy shit, this guy just fucked up all our fingers. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, not a natural thrower. I'm not impressed. Can he be great? Yeah, man, because you never know. It happens all the time from one day to the next, but I have my doubts. Uh, Your thoughts. And then we'll get Uh, into Hayden Hooker.
3: I think that I think that first off, um, I don't want to overthink one aspect here, and that is that you know, yes, he is he is such a dangerous athlete uh, with his legs and you know his size, um, and the combination of his athlete, uh, of his elusiveness, athleticism, the playmaking, you know, just let's just call it playmaking, um that way with his playmaking ability on the deep ball in particular. Um, Let's not, let's not get too, you know, mucked up in, in particulars and let's, let's admit to our, to, to ourselves and everybody here that that's going to be a hell of a hard combination for defenses when they're, when they're game planning this. He's gonna win he's gonna win the film room in the game planning stage for the for the defense, you know, for the coming defense. Cause they're gonna they're gonna put on the film and they're gonna say a guy that can make play that can be a playmaker like that, and then turn around and throw that deep ball as well as he does. And he does throw it, I think, pretty well. Um man, that's a problem. You know, yeah. and, and that's and so, um, you know, he'll have he'll he will have defense's attention before he even steps foot on the field. And that's there's something really to be said about that. I don't want to underplay that. um, And but at the same time, look at the staggering amount of ground that he has to cover from where he is now to where he needs where he will need to be as a pro cuz you just named like one small aspect amongst like probably 50. <laughs>
0: yeah.
3: When it comes to playing the game and that's just that's just learning to pull the string. You know, learning to learning to to not break fingers on every single throw. You know what I mean? Like um and and that I think I think that that's um that just shows you because that's that's one small aspect of this. You get out there; he's not playing the same game as some other guys, you no, know. No. He's not. He's not even on the same playing field. And that's not to say he's not talented that way. He is talented that way, and he is actually. I mean, he made some hay at, at Florida. Like you, you know, he he got on a he he got on a a, a nice uh, heater at, at one point, and um and did well. Uh, after some early struggles, it's it's hard for me to get over how he performed against USF because USF was in their stadium, and it never should have the game never should have went like that for the Gators. Um, but yeah, I mean, so so he is on the same playing field talent wise, and like you know, and and he performed um, well enough to to look at him that way. But in terms of the nuance of the game and the texture of his game. It's a totally different, he's a totally different creature. And and the, the amount of distance that he has to cross between here and and the final destination is just so great that I don't see betting on it. I don't see betting on him making it to, to the point where you're taking, you know, a first overall pick or something like that. I don't see betting that much on that because... You know, listen, there's a lot of guys that out there that are actually really great raw, you know, athlete throwers. And you never hear their name, (laughs) you know, you know what I mean? Like you never because they just it's hard to cross that distance and uh, and and most of them don't make it. The overwhelming majority, as a matter of fact, don't make it. And um, and he has he has more distance to cover. You know, CJ Stroud doesn't have to cover that much distance, nearly that much distance, to become a good pro, as Anthony Richardson does. And I, in some ways, I think that Will Levis has even less than than Stroud. Um, in some ways, but you know, I just can't bet on this. I can't. Yeah, I'm oh. with you. When would you? When, you know, certainly I would take them in the second round pick because I don't really have a lot of respect once you get beyond the first round for how much these draft picks are actually worth, um, and and how often you're actually picking you know a big a big time winner. So we're if we're talking second round or even late first round, I mean, well you know if I don't have a quarterback, there's a lot of desperate looking things that I would do, <laughs> you know, uh, that you could criticize me for. Um, because I'm going to look desperate until I do have one, but, um, yeah, I mean, I just can't, I just can't put my name next to it. And like, I'm a new GM, I'm a new head coach, and this is my guy. And if, and if he fails, then in all likelihood, I'm dismissed as well. Yeah. Can't do it now. I can't this, do that.
2: Now on this next guy, I'm going to give you the, the good news first on his last 631 attempts. He has 58 touchdowns and five interceptions with a 9.6 yard per attempt average. And had he not blown out his ACL, I think he would have won the Heisman and the national championship this past season. And we'd be talking about him as a surefire first round pick. Now the bad news. He's a thousand years old and he's coming off an ACL. (laughs) <laughs> Penn and Hooker, your thoughts, man, because a lot of people are saying, man, if he's there at 51, that like that solves your QB2 problem for Miami. Now they have 5,000 quarterbacks, okay? And yeah, right. God knows Well, apparently they're going to need Thompson, all 5,000. Yeah, but they like Skylar Thompson, right? You know? So yeah, I would well. have thought, man, if we had an extra third-round pick in there somewhere, had we not traded it for Jalen Ramsey? Or if we could gain a pick by trading 51 and getting two top 100 picks, Use one of those on Hendon Hooker. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. You know. I'm not gonna thumb my nose at it. If it happened, I would say, Ah, I get it. I get it. I get it. Mike McDaniel. Now, why the hell did you keep Scott Thompson on the roster last year? But I get it. You know, mm-hmm. this guy can play quarterback, man. And if you watch him, he's uber poised. Uber poised. Very, yeah, he's he's very poised. Okay, um, he stays yeah. on schedule good mechanics now is he going to blow you away first of all he's a good athlete but is he going to blow you away with arm talent or arm strength i don't think he's hopeless in that regard okay he's he can obviously throw the football
3: yeah right. but he throws a catchable ball
2: yes and i think this is an nfl quarterback i think i'm not you know i'm not going to put him in the pro bowl 10 times but can he play 10 seasons in the nfl and, you know, we're like six of them as a backup and maybe a spot starter. Absolutely. I can absolutely see that. You know, I really like him as a quarterback. I think this, this guy's an NFL quarterback. Your thoughts?
3: I th- I think taking it within perspective, you know, perspective is important here because if I, you know, if we criticize the guy, it's, it's important that I, I share your opinion actually on him. Uh, he is 25, by the way. Yeah. Um, and I, I believe Ryan Tannehill was a 24 year old rookie. So, um, but uh, anyway, um, he is he is he is a good player, good executor, good thrower. Um, I do have nitpicks with his game that make me wonder how well he's going to translate. Um, I do have nitpicks with his experience at Tennessee and and what kind of what what kind of environment that was um what the middle of the field generally looked like, you know, because the NFL, God, it seems like that middle's crowded as hell, right? And yeah, um yeah. and and if you watch him play at Tennessee, uh the middle of the field looked like you know it, it looked like a, a big box department store that had closed down. Like and like there's nobody there. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it, it's there's it, it, it really there's the way they have manipulated spacing at Tennessee um, was really interesting. And I think that um, I wonder about his game's compatibility uh, with the NFL because of that. Um, and I wonder about, you know, his some tendencies that I that I think he has to um, to uh, click off click off the scramble essentially as um as as his third read you know mm-hmm. um and 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 given that he's already had a major a major injury that sort of tendency will give you even a little bit more pause um so would i draft him in the second round no i would not uh for the for the dolphins no i would not um but you know, could I look at them by the time we get to round three? And I don't think we're getting a good player anyway. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, because what did we find out this last year? For whatever reason, the Miami Dolphins can't avoid injuries because they had the most in the league by a good amount. We had two go down in game. We had two go down several times in game. We had Teddy Bridgewater go down. In game, right? Um, we had Skylar Thompson go down. I mean, who was our emergency guy? Was it Cedric Wilson? We we're. It seemed like we were pretty close to having him in there.
2: He was throwing passes on the sideline in Buffalo in the playoff game. I mean, that's crazy, right? And <laughs>
3: yeah. and I I think that um I think you know in the seventeen game season and the way that Miami has. Has uh, structured their offensive line. Unfortunately, as of right now, yeah, you probably could use four during the season, and uh, and so that would put you know Hooker as a as as an option. Unfortunately, for all the wrong reasons. Um. So yeah, you know, once once you get to that third round, I'd, you know, if you decide you need a fourth one, I wouldn't blame you.
2: On the way out. Can you see the Dolphins dipping right back into this pool? They did last year with Skylar Thompson. They're going to have late picks. Uh, You got to think they're going to try to pawn one of those picks for a couple of six-rounders because uh, UDFAs this year are going to be harder to come by. Uh, I don't know if you've been following uh, the rules this year, but they're doing that that one-cut thing. That's going to make it so there's much more competition for UDFAs and UDFAs are going to have their agents looking for, you know, they're going to do some, some roster evaluations. Okay. So, oh yeah, so it's, so you might have to draft the guy that. that might well, not make it. They always team. do that. Don't they? Yeah. Although you had with the three cuts before you always had like a second bite at the apple of getting onto an NFL roster. Now yeah. it's going to seem a little hopeless with, you know, six days to go to opening day. There's going to be 1200 players out on the street you know what i mean it's going to yeah, feel a little I, I different i think
3: i think that i think that that's sort of a um it's uh, there's there's two things happening because yes there's that but there's another thing that's ha- been happening with the rule changes that we have in the NFL and that is that the practice squad is getting more and more regular season roster like yes um these guys are getting paid more money they are uh, able to be activated and play on game days, even though they're not on the roster, which is which still blows my mind.
0: <laughs>
3: um, you know, so so you, I I think these if you're a UDFA, you're you're thinking, okay, I want to, it'd be great if I make that fifty-three man roster. I know that's an uphill uh, uphill climb, but they're going to keep me around on the practice squad. And this is a 17 game season, I can get brought up for games from the practice squad without even you know without even having to sign me to the 53. So um I think the mindset about the practice squad really counteracts the the fact that there's only one cut down date. Um so I think that uh I think that you know they'll be as, as active in the UDFA market as ever. And I, I'm curious as to who they're already because they're likely already recruiting somebody, some some players, right?
2: Yeah. I'm that pretty way. sure they are. Yeah. So i
3: will be curious, real damn curious to see uh what they um what who they're they're recruiting, you know, based on having gotten I mean they did pretty well. They got cater coho last year. Yeah. <laughs> that's 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 a tough act to follow to me, because I think he's got a brighter future than many people even think.
2: Yeah. Now now we would be doing, you know, a little disservice if we didn't mention this guy. But one of my favorite pastimes of all time is looking for the terrible uh scouting report. And I don't know why you why why they would grade guys like this, but do you know who's the worst rated quarterback in this class?
3: I mean it's gotta be it's gotta be in in perspective on that because I mean there's there's lots of quarterbacks that are coming out of college that just you know.
2: Yeah, but of the top-rated you know, guys. I mean, gonna
3: they're going to be insurance there. adjusters, you know? Like,
2: <laughs> Yeah, uh, out of the top-rated guys, which means the top 25. For whatever uh, reason, they decided to grade Aiden O'Connell of uh, of Purdue. As the worst? Of the, of the, uh, yeah, he's 25th. He's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, you know, 14, 15, been, 15 I, 16. He's 18. He's 18. 18. 18.
3: I would have been tempted to grade Dorian Thompson Robinson DTR that way. Yeah, he's um, he really does.
2: <laughs> he's not good, but I'll right, see it on the way out. We have less than a minute to get out of here. Stetson Bennett, he gets drafted or he's a, under, a drafted free agent? He's drafted. Really? Is he going to be a good pro?
3: No, I mean, he's going to be Chase. He's going to be Chase
2: Daniel. <laughs> Perfect. We'll leave it at we leave it right there. We will talk to you next week and we will talk wide receivers, tight ends. But till then.
1: Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider.
4: You know how to book flights and hotels.